going to spend some time dealing with the subject matter of worship. Uh, for we are commanded to worship. Uh, I want to us to look and and definitely beginning this message coming from Exodus twentieth chapter. We know the Ten Commandments uh, come from this. Another way they talk about this part of scriptures, the Decalogue. And, and Decca basically, you know, we get the ten, the log is the word. And so the ten words of God. And, and another preference of this text is that, remember, they were questioning Jesus, which is the greatest law? And, and, and he said, hear you, O Israel, the Lord God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, and all your strength. And then what? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So he, too, referenced uh, to the commandments and, and, and notice that if you understand who God is, uh, you will be doing all right in your life. Uh, and so the beautiful thing I want us to grab today is that if I can just understand who God is, I, I will do better in my life. Uh, this, this thing that we want to understand is that if God is my king, if he is my Lord, if he is my Master, and then I grabbed another text that Jesus points out to us that you cannot serve two masters. Uh, and an- another way to put it is it's kind of hard to be in two places at the same time. Uh, so if you have a master that wants you in one place, another master wants you at one place at the same time, you're going to have to choose whom you're going to serve. Uh, so my question for you to, to ponder on today is whom do I serve? Uh, if you know that if God is your Lord, then you've made up your mind of whom you're going to serve. But if you have not made up your mind, I, I hope I can persuade you today that it's better to be on the Lord's side than anybody else's side. And the reason why it's good to be on God's side is because God loves you. He cares for you. He provides for you in such a unique and special way that even when you don't want his provision, he still gives to you. Uh, he loves you even when you're not loving towards him. He still loves you. I, I don't know too many people like that, uh, that that still bless you and take care of you even when you're doing the things that get on their last nerves. A few amens. And y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. Oh, how good it is that God loves us. Because he loves us. And that's something. Not because I did something. Just because he loves us. Tell your name, it's good to be loved. And, and so as we look about who God is, and God is love. He is eternal. He is the everlasting love that never fails. One thing about his love is that his love does not allow him to keep us or allow us to stay in a bad situation. Love moves God to do things for us. That's why in the Romans it says that he behooved him. It it, it moved him to to die on the cross for us. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Love moves God to do awesome things. And so we're going to look at the movement of God in this this first two verses of Exodus, the 20th chapter. Y'all with me there? said that God gave the people all these instructions. 
I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. I want you to grab here. Notice the introduction to this text. As God gave them these instructions, and the first, and after that instruction, right after the word, He gives a declaration. He basically said, "Allow me to reintroduce myself." He says, "I am the Lord your God who rescued you." If you have not caught on by now, Israel, I'm the one that sets you free. I I, I like how he introduces them because he's pointing out to them, we got a relationship. (laughs) We we got history. (laughs) We go way back. You know how people talk about we go way back like back seats. We, we go, we go way back, you know, we go way back like black and white TV, right? You know, when people talk about we go way, but God's like, you know, I knew you before y'all knew me. Y'all thought y'all were forgotten, but I was watching you. I was keeping you. And, and, and now notice what he says this. He says, I rescued you from where? Egypt. Y- y'all see that there? I, I, I took you from the land of Egypt, and then Egypt has another qualification here. It has another a way of, 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 of letting you know where this place was. It describes Egypt as the land of your slavery. Notice it wasn't a vacation destination. He said, I rescued you from Egypt, the land of your son. So he's speaking to Israel directly, letting them know we got history here. We got a relationship. Do not forget it was me that rescued you. Let me encourage you to bring it up to date. Can you not acknowledge that what God has done from you? I don't know what your Egypt is, but yet he rescued you from that place. If you could just take some time in a moment just to thank God uh, for rescuing you from that place. That you can just tell him, thank you, God, because if it wasn't for you, I'd still be in that place. That place of depression, of addiction, of sadness, of guilt, of, of shame, of loneliness. But God, because you rescued me, mm, I'm not in that place anymore. But then again, do you, you, do you catch in here that, that it says that uh, I saved you, I, I rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. See, our, our worship comes from deliverance. Because we've been delivered, we worship him. Mm. Some of y'all didn't catch on yet. Uh, let's continue to unpack this. You'll follow along to see what I'm pointing out. He even point out to them, it says, says, I am the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. And, and notice what he says. After he gives the declaration, the introduction, to let them know who he is, he says, you must not. Mm, 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 mm. Now, now, I want you to understand here, he's pointing out, don't get me confused with them other gods. He says, I am God, capital G. The real OG. I'm not them little G's. I am the G. Y'all see that there? He says, I am the Lord your God. Don't have me compared to them other ones. They're not like me. They can't compare to me. They can't even get on my level. 
they can't see me. They so low. Y'all, y'all don't feel me here. He, he's letting them know that if they could touch me, they could, they could even grasp me because I'm too smooth. He's letting them know that I am greater than they'll ever be. I am the Lord your God who rescued you. They, they did not rescue you. They did not deliver you. They cannot do anything for you, but they asked for a lot from you. Come and give me all this stuff, but they won't give you anything back. Y'all quiet on me. You got, you got people out there telling you they will give you something if you give them something first. You got somebody that will send you or something out of the mail or they'll call you up and say, if you send me a blessing, I will bless you. Y'all quiet on me. They can only give you something you give them something first. God tells them, you didn't give me anything, but I rescued you. From the place of slavery, your place of bondage, your place that you were stuck in, you couldn't get out, but I brought you out. Mm. See, see, we have to remember that we too were in bondage like Israel was in bondage in Egypt. Our destination, again, remember, was not Egypt, but whatever it might have been. You were in a time of slavery. And, and here's a situation, if you don't catch on, that you definitely were in sin. And, and here it is, that sin is going to give you death, and death is going to give you separation from God. And, and separation from God means you're going to experience judgment, and that's the place you don't want to be. But I'm so glad that God sent Jesus so that you won't be left in that place, because Jesus I I am the way, the truth, and the life, and who that comes through the Father can come through me. And if you come with me, you'll follow him. And he says, I am the good shepherd. And if you know me, I know you, and you know my voice, and I'm going to take you from that bad place, and I'm going to take you to the good place, because in my Father's house is room with many mentions. I go to prepare a place for you. Hallelujah. Because when I come back, he's coming back again. Y'all know he's coming back again. I'm going to take you there. But yet, if you want to get from one place to the other place, you got to know who God is. Allow me to introduce myself. I am the Lord your God who has rescued you. You name your land. <laughs> that place you were in bondage. He rescued you from that. Hallelujah. This rescue was a miraculous event. Do you understand when he says he rescued them? Uh, that, that one word impacts a whole lot. If you look in your Bible, and, and many of you have those study Bibles, those modern Bibles, they give you headings. And if you flip back, starting with the 20th chapter, you're going to go, you go back, you see that Moses gets some, some uh, advice from Jethro. And, and Jethro tells him how to handle all this business, saying, boy, you're working too hard. <laughs> you need to get some men to get some men to get some men to help you out. He says, good advice, father-in-law. Then you go back a little bit further, you're going to find out he went up on a mountaintop, uh, and he needed somebody to help him out because his arms got heavy. Because every time he held up his arms, they were winning, led, led by Joshua. But when his arms got tired, they started getting defeated. Uh, but if you go back a little bit further, you're going to find that they got some quail and some meat because they got mad with all the bread. If you go back a little bit further, you're going to find out that they got bread out of nowhere because God was blessing them. You go back, they got thirsty, say, Lord, we're going to die thirst out here in this hot, hot desert. God let Moses know, speak to the rock. Water came out of the rock. You go back a little bit further, they were crossing the Red Sea and saw their enemy being drowned and defeated. You go back a little bit further, they saw ten plagues and Moses says, let them people go. And Moses said, yes, sir, we're going to go. And here they go. But yet, you got to go all the way back. But we're just in the 20th chapter. And look at that. They were rescued miraculously. 
And so when the Lord says, I rescued you, what was your miracle? That brought you out of darkness <laughs> into his marvelous light. When you said, I've been saved, there's so much unpacked in that word that you can unpack it for days and let everybody know that it was the Lord that brought me out. I used to be like this, but it changed me in an awesome way. Because when he's the Lord, your God who rescued you. Mm. And so now, th- that's the introductory to these commandments. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God but me. Notice that first commandment that we number them. We number it this way. You must not have any other God before me. That's number one. Eh? Can somebody say number one? And so the number first, that's the first commandment. But notice that there's an instruction before that. He basically tells you, you need to remember me. If you remember the Lord your God, you will be able to keep all the rest of the commandments. If you can catch that one principle, that if you remember who God is, you'll be able to keep the rest of the rest. Because if you remember he's the Lord your God who rescued you, it'd be, it'd be kind of easier for you to, to respect him and reverence him because you realize what he's done for you. Am I talking to somebody here? And so that's why he points out to them that, look here, if you're going to make me your God, you can't make anybody else your God. And, and number verse 4 builds on the first commandment. Because somebody say number two, you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens, on earth, or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or what? Worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate my God. Your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon the children. The entire family is affected, even the children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish, hallelujah, unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and what? Obey my commands. Right there in verses 1 through 6 are the first two commandments. But you notice how if you look at your Bible, that's one paragraph. Why is that? Because it's unpacking one command. Know that I'm your God. But he understood Israel didn't catch on. So he says, not only do you not to know that I'm your God, but catch this, don't make any, anybody else your God. I'm capital G, they lowercase g. Don't make any idols. Don't put anything before me. Matter of fact, if you need some help, don't build anything, make anything, bow down to anything. Don't you say anything as else greater like me. Don't do it. Y'all catch that? And so here it is that we are commanded to worship. We are commanded to worship the God who rescued us. You're commanded to worship the God who's delivered us, saves us, keeps us, and protects us. You understand, when God said, I rescued you, do you know how he provided food for them on this journey? He gave them water on this journey. He led them by cloud, by day, by fire, by night on this journey. They, they just got done defeating some enemies on this journey because God was with them. And so when you understand that if God is with you, who can be against you? If God is for us, it don't matter who's against us because they're going to lose. When we know we have the victory in Jesus, all we got to do is call on the name of Jesus. 
I, I think about calling on the name of Jesus. I think about the, the new movie that came out. Some of you might have read that old comic book about Shazam. The little boy is a little boy until he says one word. He says Shazam. All of a sudden he becomes a grown-up superhero power. But yet he don't have the power until he says the word. He's walking around. He's just a little boy. Got no power. But yet this magical word he says, all of a sudden he becomes a magical beast that has power. That could do amazing things. But understand this. You know, that's just a comic book. That's not real. You can go ahead and tell your little boy, your little girl, say, Sazam, won't nothing happen. <laughs> Maybe an app might open up on your phone. <laughs> but other than that, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> nothing's going to change in your life. But if you say, Jesus, oh, I know things will change. Your life will change. Your mind will change. Your heart will change. Science says that people just feel better just saying the name. Jesus, I guarantee you just walk around the hospital just saying, Jesus, people will start perking up. People will start feeling better. I've walked in the hospital just saying, Jesus, people I didn't come to visit start talking to you because they hear some hope in your name. And you know who he is. I am the Lord your God who rescued you. They know that Jesus, you know what his name is, the Lord saves. They know that he's a savior. He's a deliverer. And so I want to know somebody that can take me out of this place and bring me to this place. Oh, good God from Zion. Do you see at the end of verse 6, there's a promise when you understand who God is. It says that his love, his love, his love, good God from Zion, his love will be on you from generation. But our lavish, unfailing love. For a thousand generations, on those who love me and obey my commands. Do you love him? Are you obeying his commands? Then you ought to say thank you, God, because you've been a recipient of his love that's been pouring down on you. I can look back over my life. Some of you are not talking to me, so I'm going to tell you about myself. I can look back over my life, and I can talk to my grandma. She was loving me because she loved God. I will call grandma every Sunday and tell her what I learned in Sunday school. I had to tell her something because she was going to give me a pop quiz. She said, baby, what you learn? I learned that Jesus loved me. Isn't that right, baby? Jesus does love you. And grandma loves you too. That's generations that came down to me because she loved God and obeyed the command. She raised my daddy to love Jesus. I'm trying my best, Lord, to do the same thing. Anybody can testify that it's God that keeps us and sustain us when we don't know what to do, we can turn to Him. He is the Lord your God who has rescued you. You name that place, He sets you free. I'm done now, but I want to point out one grammatical situation here. He says, I am, present tense, the Lord your God, who rescued you, past tense, from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. He says you used to be in one place. Now they haven't got to where they're going yet. But yet, do you know where they are right now? They were in bondage in Egypt. But yet, I didn't tell you the content of where they are right now. They are at Mount Sinai. And you know what's special right now? Being at Mount Sinai? 
It means the cloud of God is present. God is audibly speaking. And as God is talking, he's writing them words on a tablet. Y'all don't hear me? God is writing his words on a tablet. Y'all don't hear me? God is writing his words on a tablet. You understand that, that these words were written by God? Oh, glory be to God. Now God is writing his words on your heart. They couldn't get close to the mountain. If they touched the mountain, they would die. But yet he's touched you. You can be in his presence because Jesus, Emmanuel, God is with us. You can come now before the Lord. You can come now before him. Let the mountains shake. Let the thunder roar. But you'll know you'll still stand. Because he is the Lord that has rescued you. He has delivered you. And you are presently in his presence waiting for the promise to come. I, I got excited, and so I, I'm going to close again, but I'm, I'm going to calm myself down because some of y'all didn't catch me when I sat down. I am the Lord your God, present tense, who rescued you from the land of Egypt, past tense, the place of your slavery, where you used to be. Presently, they're in the presence of God. They are servants of God, free to serve God, set free from chains and bondage. Free to go to a place of future prosperity, but yet not there. But presently they're free in his presence, hearing his word, being led by God. And so I want to encourage you that you can look at your past and say, that's not where I am right now. But you can look towards your future and say, I'm soon going to be in a plant of land of milk and honey, where it's going to be for eternal blessings to come. Jesus is coming back again. And so all I want you to understand, if you want to worship him, you've been commanded to worship him. But yet it's demanded and it's a response because when you think about what he's done for you, you'll just wave your hand. <laughs> you'll just say hallelujah. He's been good to me. Lord, we just surrender to you. For you are a good God.